Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Reverend James of FolkHunter.com in North Carolina, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of ConjurmanConsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we welcome a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, Papa G of FolkMagicStudio.com in Nashville, Tennessee bringing us today's topic, tarot magic. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjurer, root work as divine and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjure Man. Miss Cat? Hi. How are you guys doing out there in uh, in Jameson Art World? We're doing well. We had, uh, just like Tennessee, which I'm sure everybody saw on Facebook, um, here in North yeah. Carolina, we also had a uh, tornado warning the other day. Um, so luckily, we didn't have to worry about that, but the sky has been kind of very orange and strange pale peach colored today. Um, but other Dear. than that, I've been making some uh, clay tzatzas or Buddhist um, clay votives and making some oils and candles. And that's pretty much what we've been up to during this kind of icky weather. Wow. I'm glad you're safe because when I saw all that about the tornadoes, I, you know, I thought, uh-oh, I keep a kind of map in my head of where all my friends are and where the natural disasters <laughs> strike. Yeah, it was about so, 12 miles from us. Wow. Well, that was my next question was going to be where you were, but I haven't got you on here yet. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm just, I'm just checking in one by one. Uh, that was the voice of Papa G speaking us, to us from the future of our show. Um, <laughs> So things here in California have been um, pretty calm, pretty bright. We had a few days of gray weather, and, and today we had sun. It's just what it is. It's uh, cold, but not unbearably cold. And people in California really shouldn't complain about the weather. We have a pretty mild season. And um, things here are going very well. I've been, um, let's see, I've got a giant order for goofer dust i've got to make it's sitting there in the hallway it's like they just don't stop buying goofer dust and that's what it is and um the other thing is i've been making a bunch of cut and clear oil so that's what we had to run on cut and clear oil and goofer dust you figure it out somebody's mad at somebody i guess and uh, these orders are usually wholesale orders when i have to make a whole stock bottle of oil for the next uh, run of oil. So that's been, um, shows that somebody is ordering those wholesale. And I've been uh, working on uh, 
my Patreon projects. I just finished my Railroad Magic series, which is four articles all run together, and they, they all end up in one article, on the magic of railroads, how to use railroads in your spell casting. And those are available to all my patrons, but um, but the non-patrons will get them next year for free. So just hold your horses. It'll all be coming your way free. Or you could spend a couple of bucks and get them. Um, and that means that for the rest of December, I'm going to be working on the cozy side of patron. These will be antique postcards of tea rooms, which will be part of the Mystic Tea Room website, which is a website about tea leaf reading. And it's appropriate I mention this with Papa G here on the line, because Papa G and I wrote a book together called The Stranger in the Cup, which is about reading tea leaves. And part of that um, book is about the history of tea cups used for tea leaf reading. And that's what that site, Mystic Tea Room, is about. And so if you are a tea leaf reader or like tea leaves, you can go look at the free part of the site. It's always up. But I keep on adding new bits that are for patrons. And then one year later, they get uh, put out to the public. So that's the news from what's going on around here. Oh, and Nagashiva. I'm going to announce it. He's going to get a little bit frantic when I do. Nagashiva has been working on a project which is um, probably will go out to our patrons. I, I call them my patrons, but he helps me on all of these Patreon pages. And I'm going to help him on this one. So this is going to be the, the Nagashiva version of of our patron stream. And I don't want to announce what it is Um except for to say it will be um it'll go out in 2024 and um because it'll be appropriate to 2024 and uh, that's all I'm going to say about that but I'm going to stand by him and help him until he ends up with this fabulous um new web page right now it's just in the form of a spreadsheet it will grow so that's the news from northern california uh Contraman, how are things with you Things are, are going quite well. Uh, nothing major. Still continuing our, our season of love, if you will. Lots of love work, lots of reconciliation work. Uh, in fact, I'm, if I can smell my fingers right now, I smell like uh, come to me and love me oil, which smells fantastic. So my fingers are smelling very good right now as the candles are, are burning down. I do want to take a moment just to circle back to this idea of the tornado. I'm so happy that everyone is all right, Papa G and, and everyone, um, and, and Reverend Hart and Reverend, you know, just everyone, I'm glad that you're all okay. But I've got to say, can we just testify, 2023 has been a weird and funky year for weather. Like, it really has been such a weird weather year. Like, when we look back, I think we're going to look back on 2023 as a year where, like, our climate just did all sorts of unusual things. I mean, from massive floodings and mudslides, it's like unseasonably cold in places that shouldn't be cold. And it's just been one of those years where every time, you know, usually when you ask someone about the weather, it's a very banal conversation. It's small chat. It's because you have nothing better to talk about it. How's the weather? 
But 2023 is like <laughs> right. one year when you're asking someone about the weather, like, oh, yeah, we just suffered a storm. Oh, yeah, we just survived a flood. Oh, yeah, there was a hurricane. Oh, yes, there was this tornado that happened. It's the one year with a small chat of the weather has become actually very, very interesting and alarming. So just to, just want to put it out there as we come to the end of 2023. What a weird, weird year it was for weather. It It really it really was, and um, it's, I, I, you know, I just, I give up. <laughs> it's a weird year for weather. It's a weird year for mm. politics. Very, it's very funky a, year. Uh, yeah, very funky year for politics. And, um, you know, I just, I'm, I think I've reached the point now where I'm just sort of sitting there watching it unfold and going, I hope it's not dangerous to me personally or those I love, because it's uh the weather in particular, if you, you know, go and watch weather channels, the number of floods, the number of volcanoes, the number of fires, it's, um, yeah, it's been really crazy. It's been it's really, really weird. crazy. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm hoping for a more boring year next year. Just give me a boring <laughs> year. <laughs> yeah, right. A more boring year? Yeah, that would be nice. Um, so, well, today we have... Um, Papa G as our guest. So say hi, Papa G. Hello. <laughs> hi. Um, all right. Now I get to ask you. So were you safe during that tornado? <laughs> yeah, it, it actually hit not far from where we used to live. Um, you know, there were here. It hit in Clarksville. It hit in Ma- Madison, which is a suburb of Nashville. Um, six people died. Mm. Um, oh, no. Five adults, one child. Uh, I think it was three in Clarksville and three here. But they were all freaking out at the store. Should we go home? No, don't get out in it. Um, and we kept looking the weather. It's north of us. Calm down, calm down. <laughs> so it's like you don't want to get in the car and leave in the middle of a tornado. No. There was actually a tornado that hit... Um, the night we moved into this house um, 15 years ago, we were packing, taking boxes to the to the van, and uh, there's a tornado ripping down the street. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I used to live in Missouri, and I certainly know um, what they were like, you know. Um, they were... I'm so glad I don't have to be around them anymore. But honestly, tornadoes are, you know, everybody thinks they're going to be lucky until they're not, you know. Right. Well, I'm glad that you got through that one okay. Now, today we're going to have a topic that you brought to us, which is tarot card magic. And this is a topic that goes back a ways. Um Different people come up with their own ways to do it. Um, the person who first introduced me to tarot card magic was myself. I came up with the idea of printing out tarot cards and putting them on vigilites, plain glass white vigilites, so that you could see the tarot card image through it sort of as a stained glass window. And I started doing that, oh my gosh, years and years ago. And I began telling people, well, you know, you could just do that and have a, a, a vigilite 
for your particular uh, form of magic. You know, it might be, uh, you know, the star. It might be the sun, whatever. The card that said what you wanted it to say, you could use it. And I then began using tarot cards with people's faces cut out on them. And again, this was my own devising. Years and years ago, um, I did one of a, the Eight of Swords, which is the woman tied and bound, and and she is blindfolded. And I had a picture of my client's enemy, who happened to be wearing a very similar long dress and standing in a very similar position and I just cut her out, made her the same size, and put her on the tarot card. And it worked. It was perfect. She was now, I, back in those days, I used exacto blades. I cut the blindfold out and everything so that it was still part of the tarot card. It wasn't like adhered onto it. And so she just came in behind. And um, I burned a series of those to blindfold her and shut her up and bind her from interfering in family uh, events. And it worked. It was great. So I became an advocate of tarot card magic. Now, everyone does it differently. And uh, the next person I knew who was really good at it was Valentina Burton. And I'm going to talk about her a little bit later. If you have a copy of the red folder and look on page 46, you'll see some of what she was up to. She taught a workshop on it. But that's all I have to say about tarot card magic for starters. We're going to bring in Papa G. Tell us your take on it. I think the main thing is, first of all, the two things everyone needs to remember is the 78 tarot cards are filled with archetypes that represent almost everything that could possibly go right or wrong in your life. So everything in there is covered, whether it be by a single card or a combination of cards. And the main thing about using them in magic is the iconography of each card being able to use that as a visualization. You mentioned using them in on seven, like seven day candles on vigil candles. And um, it's one thing I remind people when, when, the, when they shop in the store and they're buying these pre-printed um, seven day candles is listen, that's just printing. So you've got to put some energy into it or, you know, put some oils right. with it or something. Um so just just printing, but see, like you did, you put a lot of energy into it. You put an extra effort, um, but also it's just by the image. Each time you, it was just just the same as the sigil. Each time you look at it, you put that energy into it by seeing it. You know what it means. You know what it stands for. Mm-hmm. But there are so many different ways to to use them. Um, you know, I'm always coming up with my own spells. I like to write my own. Mm-hmm. And um, if someone else did this, yeah, I must have told you from the universe. So I, I was thinking before the show, what are some interesting ways we can use tarot cards in magic? And so far, I think my favorite idea was to, if you're trying to influence another person, you might take a poppet or a baby doll and sandwich it in between two different tarot cards. <laughs> That oh, actually, cool rep- mm-hmm. yeah, they would actually represent what you're wanting them to either think or act or do. 
you would pick two that would correspond to whatever the situation is and make a sandwich out of it with the with the with the baby doll in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, you know, this is a whole thing also. There's um another thing which Valentina touched on this, although her methods were different than mine, but everyone has a different method. When you are working with a tarot deck and want to make a poppet of somebody if you don't have a photo, you can use one of any number of um systems to get a significator card for that person. And um for instance, she gives the example, and I'm just looking at her thing in the in the red folder. She said, uh, let's say my client is a Scorpio, so he is a king of cups, and he desires to be a, in a king of coins situation. So this is the fluidity of the use of the cards to represent what a person is, what they wish to be, where they wish to go. And I use this system, which, of course, I've, I'm, I've talked about before, where you judge a person by how much responsibilities they have in life, whether they're going to be a king or a queen, or whether they're going to be a um, a knight or a page, which I call a princess. And then you go by the four elements, or their fire and water, and you'll end up with a card that represents them. Um, how much responsibility they have could be judged by if they've had children, or whatever it might be. Um, or if they have pets, or a mate, or whatever. So I'm a, a queen of pentacles. And that would be my card. So if you didn't have a photo of me, I'm not trying to, you know, like have you all attack me or bless me or whatever, but if you wanted to represent a person like me or of my place in life, you could use a Queen of Pentacles card to represent me. And so the the poppet can be the card also. Mm-hmm. Right. And of course many cards actually have associated with them a sign of a zodiac. So you can choose right. one based on someone's birthday. Like, for example, like the Emperor card is Aries, and um, I don't know, Temperance would be like Sagittarius. Sagittarius, yeah, yeah. So that's called the Golden Dawn system. We should we should kind of tag these for newcomers to this. The Golden Dawn system um, attached a sign of the zodiac to a card. Also, there were some left over, so they they made them into other things like air and so forth. Right, you can, right. Yeah, yeah, and mercury, all of this, whatever, water, you know. Like pages towards his earth. Yeah, well, but but basically they were trying to put 12 signs of the zodiac on 22 cards, so they ended up with a whole bunch right. of, <laughs> of stuff, right? Particular system is a little bit offensive to some people because their sign of the zodiac ends up with some dreadful card that they don't want to be identified with. Yeah, because yeah, the Scorpio is the death card. Yeah, right. Right, and like there you are, you're at a nice psychic fair, and you're going, and what's your sign, honey? And they go, I'm a Scorpio. Or they go, I'm a Capricorn. It's even worse. (laughs) And you go, oh, well, here's your card. Oh, oops. You know, they don't want to be the death card or the devil card or the tower card. Oh, my God. You know, (laughs) so... so I fell back on the older form of using the court cards because that comes out of playing card reading. So, you know, young man who's a, um, you know, whatever, an air sign would be the jack of um, spades or whatever. And so just, again, depending on your system, there are many systems. And Tarot offers 
these pages, which can become princesses, so you can then, if you want to, gender younger people who are not kings and queens, rather than lumping them together. And so that works for me. But I do know what you mean. It, it, there's so many ways. And I've had people say to me, when I, I, I ask them, what's their sign, what's their, you know, whatever, and we're going to pick a card to represent you, and they go, I identify with the Queen of Cups. And I go, okay, I guess you've told me. But, but it turns out they <laughs> Did may, she you know, identify they, with you? <laughs> right, right. But I and I don't usually fight them. I'll just say, well, okay, that's good. Okay, we'll just use the Queen of Cups. But I'll also work out on my system, and I'll put what I think <laughs> as well. I don't tell them that though. But um, so yeah, one of the uses of of tarot cards is to identify people. And then another use of tarot in magic. In other words, you're going to use that card to represent a person or a situation. And um, Doc Murphy just put in the chat, the devil card coming up would be fine by me. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but there are people it would not be fine for. They would get really um, freaked out. That's where they draw the line. Um, so then the other thing is you can also find um, the uh, regular cards, the non trumps, the so-called minor arcana. I don't like that term much, but those cards. You can use them to find situations and people, too. They may say, yeah, I suffer from sleeplessness. And you might say, hmm, maybe I'll just get that Nine of Swords cards out. Is this you? And they go, oh, yeah, I, this is exactly how I feel. So for that reading, that's their Significator card. Mm. Right. And you were talking about to identify. There's another. When you said the word identify, it made me think mm-hmm. of um, that what I, re- I was in my research was how to reveal a thief was to take the seven of swords and put it in front of a mirror hmm. to actually make them stumble and reveal themselves. Hmm. Of course, you could I, be as elaborate as you want. But if you want, you can put forty-two candles around it if you want to, or anoint the anoint the mirror with oils or whatever, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, the use of tarot like that is very, very cool. I, I mean, you can use the tarot to identify people, but I love the use of... So I'm, I should preface this first, that I use a tarot in magic as a relative newcomer to that style. I only probably three years or so have used the tarot in that way. I've seen it in the past. In Virginian Conjure, the tarot cards generally showed up on vigil candles. It's like the images of the tarot would be used on vigils quite frequently. But uh, mm-hmm. the use of it, as Valentina Bergman and Ms. Kent has sort of shown here, is, is relatively new. Only about three years I've been working with it. But I find them incredibly, incredibly useful because specifically the symbology in the tarot themselves is already latent with occult and magical powers. And so they're very, very powerful. One of the ways, and Papa G, what you mentioned here was very uh, invoked for me, something that I've done in the past, is if you can't do, for example, a mirror box spell, what you can do is take the Eight of Swords and then paste the face of your enemy on the Eight of Swords and then place that between two mirrors, wrap it up, and that acts as a mirror box so that they're bound and surrounded by swords, they're blindfolded, and they've got two mirrors that are 
you're squeezing them together. So in many ways, what the tarot allows you to do is invoke the symbology of the card without having to replicate it entirely in a ritual, whereas something like a mirror box spell, you'd have to craft a doll baby, you'd have to stuff it, baptize it, and then place it into a box that has been carefully lined with mirrors or with broken mirrors that you haven't caught your image in, and then you close it and bury it as a cemetery. So there's an entire ritual. In some ways, the entire power of that ritual is already captured in the Eight of Swords. And so you can use mm-hmm, the Eight mm-hmm. of Swords right. to invoke that power. I'm going to bring out another one, um, the Hangman. This is so interesting yes. to me because you say you haven't done this, you know, much, but you have taught me a spell, mm-hmm. which is to hang a person, a doll of a person upside down or their photo upside down as a doll on a um ceiling fan and set it on slow and let them twist around. And this is your mm-hmm. um, development from an earlier one that we know from old school rural country yeah. where they would have been hung um, from a, a tree with a string or they would have been nailed upside down um, behind a bed if it was a lover that you were trying to do something to. I have used the hanged man card um, mm-hmm. Principle. Now I don't read reverses when I read cards, but I I turn them upside down to show the negative form of something. In other words, if there's a person that a card could represent, and you don't have a photo of them, but you know what it is, you can turn it upside down. And don't bother going by. I mean, you could, but I, go beyond. Let's just say don't bother. Let's just say go beyond Arthur Edward Waite's. Um, symbolism of the reverses and really think about them as curses and mm-hmm. um, so you could take a person let's just say the the queen of cups the psychic queen and she's a psychic reader and she's always accurate and she can really see inside of people or she might be a nurse who who does uh, you know imaging inside the body and you want her to have a completely messed up situation so you turn her upside down now all of her psychism is wrong. She makes mm. wrong predictions. She makes bad predictions. Or if she's a nurse, she reads the the um, radiography or the sonograms incorrectly. And um, you could go farther. See, I'm I'm one who likes to play with these things. I'm artistic. Now on the Queen of Cups, she has a lid on that cup. And if you made a print, I don't be cutting up your deck. It's just they're too expensive. Um, cut that lid off. And now you can make a little, um, the devil, right? But make a little one of the devil. Now the devil is coming out of the cup. The lid is flying off. She's upside down. You've just performed a curse on her using the tarot. Mm, that's fantastic. That is really good. <laughs> but this is creative graphic arts in a sense. Mm-hmm. Now, um, and that's part of what I do. My, much of my uh, spell devising and I know you all mostly know me as a historian which has been my primary respectful approach to hoodoo uh, is to look at it you know as a a person who came to it young but from uh, outside been in it a long time but wants to document what its history is I I love that but there's another part of me that's just uh, I just take any three panels and I can make a comic strip out of them or four I can make any nine of them 
Yeah, I can make take any nine pictures and make a comic book page, right? I can blow things up. I can cut them apart. I can make. I can tell the whole story of someone's life for good or for ill. I can have them meeting somebody in the future. I can say to them, "What's your ideal man look like?" and and she says to me, "Oh, I'd like a slender, dark-haired guy." Okay, okay, we'll give you the magician, right? <laughs> like, mm. or maybe she'd say, "I I'd like someone who's older than me." Oh, well, we'll give you the emperor, right? And mm. so there's somebody for everybody in a love spell if you just pick the right card, and you can then cut them apart. Again, make copies, make copies, make copies. Just every time I say cut them apart, I mean cut the copies apart, and you mm-hmm. can start. You can start assembling things. You can start yeah. making three-dimensional, uh, I guess you would call them graphic layouts. Mm-hmm. Now, people say, well, you know, you can do it with Photoshop as well. And speaking of Photoshop, there was a uh, a deck that came out a while ago called Pixies Lenormand. Do you know the one I'm talking about, Papa G? Yeah, I have it. Yeah. So Pixies Lenormand was an a fantastic idea. Someone took all of Pamela Coleman Smith's art for the Rider Waite Smith to row. Her nickname was Pixie. That's why it was called Pixie Slenorman. They cut it all apart, including some other pieces of art she had done for children's books and theater programs and different things. And they made a Lenormand deck completely comprised of her art, all photoshopped together. If you don't have a copy of Pixie Slenormand, you should go get one right away. But you can do this with Photoshop as well as with scissors and glue. Um, I like scissors and glue. I work on the fly. I think I like to just you know get it done. Mm-hmm. I do. I gotta say the first sort of workings that I did with the tarot involved in many ways the sort of not as advanced as what you're mentioning here, but the laying out of the cards to tell a story, as you mentioned, almost like a comic book, almost like this layout of. This is panel one, this is the next panel, and this is the next panel. And this is a really effective way that even if you don't have all these other technical skills or even craft skills, you should develop them. Uh, Just laying out your tarot cards to tell a story on your altar is incredibly powerful. So like a really powerful love spell could include something like the Knight of Wands followed by the Lover's card, followed by the Four of Wands a person coming into your life, a person that you now develop a loving relationship with, and a person that you eventually marry. And then you can set a white candle on that first card. You can set a pink candle on that second card and a red candle on the final card. Literally walking or creating this story in your life. A new person will come into my life. A new person will come in and they will desire me. We will fall in love with each other and they will be blessed. And we will now stay together or get married. Lighting each candle in in turn, represented by those tarot cards. So the tarot can tell a story, and that story in turn can shape the ritual and the intention you put out there. Yeah. Right, you're is... literally making a storyboard. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. This is, this is it. You're storyboarding the spell. Now, many people, when they do spells, of course, and this started off what we were talking about, you put energy into it. This isn't just sitting around with glue and scissors and things or Photoshop or whatever. Um, But there is this idea of talking 
and praying, speaking, energizing, um, burning incense, um, making uh, maybe a dressing of oil on a candle. These are important things to do. I have made um, candles with the three Tarot angels on them. So we have Mm. the angel of the lovers, we have the angel of the last judgment, we have the angel of temperance. And you can um, cut those out, just cut them away from the cards. And um, if you want to, you can even cut away what's underneath them and just keep the, the bust of the angel. And these are angels that are going to be helpful to you or to the client, I should say, in their life. So there are different ways to make these um, elements of the tarot into what you ask for. Again, there are people who would say, yeah, why don't you include the devil? He has wings too. You might. You might if you wish to. Um, but there's a there's a uh, feeling with the tarot is that these elements are there for you to look at. Um, some of the knights go from left to right. Some of the knights go from right to left. Um, when they meet, we're... What person do you put at the center with the knights approaching? There are there are ways to think of these as uh, actors on a stage, and the spell is that which you wish to enact. You know, you you bring mm. up an interesting point that 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 makes me think of something I found in my research was. Think of this in the center, um, whatever spell you're working on. Um, I was reading that you can take all four of the night cards and put them in the four corners of your altar to mm-hmm. enhance the power of whatever spell you're doing. And if you don't have an altar, you can put all four under a plate or something. Mm-hmm. But it's like using all four of those in the four corners and then your main work is in the very center. Mm-hmm. That's exactly that's exactly right. And um, there's another thing that goes on with some of these cards. You can see that some of the landscapes that um, Pixie Smith drew relate to other landscapes on other cards. And you can lay out, um, I guess you could say, little maps uh, of where someone is going from where to where based on what is seen in those uh, cards. And another thing, if you look at the um, at the slideshow that Shiva uh, put up, you'll see, or the one that we used as the placard, this is an image from Valentina Burton's 2018 workshop. And she had these very large, well, we printed them out, very large tarot cards, five and a half by eight and a half, the size of a a book, and then a mini card from a mini deck, a right-of-weight mini deck. And people were allowed to pick and choose. They got an envelope with, with bunches of these in them, and then they were able to pick and choose what they wanted. But they also, while the workshop was going on, they were swapping cards. Like, oh, I need that one. Can I get your fool? I'll trade you, you know, I'll trade you your fool for my, you know, queen of pentacles, right? And so here are this, these three cards that are laid out here are very interesting. If you just look at the slideshow, there's the Ace of Cups, and underneath it, 
the star. And what these have in common is that both of these women are pouring water into pools. And I have to say something about the Ace of Cups. People think, oh, it's down by the sea, but it's not because it's water lilies, and water lilies do not grow in salt water. So this is a large pool. And then we have the, the star pouring water into a pool. And so this is a, a wonderful set of images that have been placed together by someone who took this workshop, right? I mean, it was just like, as I said, Shelby O'Connell just photographed what they had. Then we have the the um, Eight of Swords lady tied, bound, and blindfolded, and we have the Knight of Swords rushing toward her to cut her free. So that's kind of a very interesting thing. We often think of the Knight of Swords as kind of reckless and careless. It doesn't, but here he is absolutely doing what's necessary. He's cutting her free. And then we have the lover's card, and then underneath it, the judgment card with the angel Gabriel and the dead coming back to life. What better way to do a spell to revive a love affair? It was really great. And then there's angel Uriel saying, you must leave the Garden of Eden. And then there's angel Gabriel saying, now you all get to come back to life. right? So these methods of using these cards together that Valentina um, taught really had a huge influence on other people. And I I have to put also a shout-out to Valentina's book, The Fortune Teller's Guide to Success. But if you have the red folder, you can read her article called Making Magic with Tarot Cards. And um, she she talks about, you know, using a candle and, and doing whatever you're going to do, taking one card and moving it through a series of backdrops or making these paired cards like someone did here. Mm, that was really cool. I want I want to put a, um, a sign here for how immensely powerful the tarot can be as talismanic objects in of themselves. Um, mm-hmm. You can use the tarot and and Miss Cat. I'm not sure if you all still have the Hoodoo jukebox. Um, I hope that you do. But the the um, basically it's a digital folder that includes uh, all sorts of really cool from from images to music to, to all that stuff in the Hoodoo jukebox. You can actually get the tarot with uh, that you can print out that you can use as talismanic, not just the tarot cards themselves, but the images Mm -hmm. that can be printed out and used as talismanic papers. For example, you mentioned the Ace of Cups. What a fantastic talismanic symbol that is. Print out Mm -hmm. the Ace of Cups, write your name on the cup, along with your date of birth. Five-spot that with some blessing oil and keep that in your wallet so that all blessings will continue to come into your life and will come into you uh, and you will have an overabundance of abundance that you will, will overflow with abundance in your wallet. And you can do the same thing with other images. You can fold them up and put them into mojo bags. You can use them as petition papers or you can use them as talismans themselves. They are incredibly, incredibly powerful. I, for example, used the uh, Ace of Cups to help one of my students. They couldn't carry anything with them because uh, 
this was uh, an in-person exam where they were forced to put all objects, all their books, etc., in a separate room, all their backpacks in a separate room, their cell phones in a separate room, so they couldn't carry anything on them. So a Mojo bag would be too conspicuous, even though you'd, it's quite small. I mean, they could technically pin it in their underwear if they want. Mm-hmm. This person wasn't uh, comfortable with that. So what we did is we actually took an, the Ace of Cup image, printed that out, anointed that, prayed over it, smoked it in some incense, folded it up, and placed it in their shoe while they took their examinations and they passed all their examinations. So you can use the tarot as incredibly powerful talismanic objects. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So... um Another thing that people talk about when they talk about tarot magic is empowering their own tarot deck. So I'm going to touch briefly on that. Um, people um, have come up with all of these, and I know I'm just waiting for Contraband's chuckle. It will come soon. People have come up with all these crazy ideas that you have to have a tarot deck gifted to you because you can't buy it yourself or it won't work for you. There was the chuckle. I knew it would come. He and I have talked about this. If you don't, if you don't listen to this podcast regularly, you've heard us already going through all the stages of grief, denial, bargaining, laughter. The resigned head shake. Resigned. Just resigned. Okay, go ahead. It must be gifted, if you say so, dear. Anyway, but um, but no matter how you get your tarot deck, whether you buy it yourself, God forbid, or if it is gifted to you by the friend of a friend who must not be related to you through consanguinity, uh, and it must be wrapped in silk yellow cloth. Um, anyway, but it's always a good idea to sleep with your tarot deck. People say that. That I will endorse, that sleeping with your tarot deck um, does sort of start to put your, you start to align with it, if you know what I mean. It, it's like uh, sleeping with a mojo bag for seven days before you um, use the mojo and wear it around. And I have slept with tarot decks, and now I'm going to reveal a great secret of myself. Um, yes, I have slept with tarot decks to, quote, break them in. But I've also slept with tarot decks when I stayed up too late on Hoodoo Psychics. And I had my tarot deck in my little tin next to me. And I was live on Hoodoo Psychics, and I fell asleep <laughs> on my tarot deck, only <laughs> to be awakened at 2.30 in the morning by the phone ring. And, oh, my God, it's Hoodoo Psychics. And I wake up, and there's my tarot deck. What a strange reality. <laughs> so, And I was able to completely wake up from a cold start and read the cards because, hey, I was sleeping with them, you know. Anyway, that's, a, that's my idea of how to um, do magic with the tarot in the sense of dedicating the tarot to your divination, mm-hmm. which is a magical yeah. act as well. It is, yeah, absolutely. Nagashiva says, laminate them and you can use them underwater. <laughs> yeah, he was talking about uh, one of the things you need to do is soak them in the ocean under a full moon. We were talking about the soggy terror. <laughs> right, the soggy terror. Yeah, right. Well, um, there's a there's a whole lot of ideas that people have about how to make your tarot more powerful for you. And I do think that is a subset of tarot magic. In other words, you, you might... You know, one thing I do when I get a new... If I start a new deck, was I will get psychic vision oil on my hand 
mm-hmm. and I will rub all around the sides of the deck. Not too, you know, I want them oily and ruined, but you know, I get the essence of it on my hands. And then see, I'm I, an old, I'm an old. Um, I hang out with with people who use playing cards and um, stage magic. When I was young, I had a bunch of friends who did that, and no, 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 you would want to use the sachet powder. Um, because because powdering a deck is something that some people do sometimes. Um, right. Anyway, but yeah, I would I would prefer, I mean I I know people who do oil them. Your own hand oil is going to get all over them. But maybe maybe Tony I in the in the chat can um, talk about um, the, yeah the idea of powdering the deck is really kind of a good thing. It'll also revive a deck that's getting sticky. I'm just saying. You know, if you don't have money to th- throw away out in one deck after another, and you're reading them a lot, um, incensing them works also, says Nagashiva. Um, but I would use psychic vision um, powder would be good, be really, really um, a good one for use with the tarot deck. Which is a good reason, because a lot of people are confused as to what to use the sachet powder with. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you use it on papers where you, that you don't want to get oily. So That's right. That's right. Well, now let's get back into some of the magic we can do with Turo. I'm going to give you a another example of one that I like. So um, there are people who want money. And as you all probably know, the ten of coins takes the form of the tree of life sephirot expressed as coins. Now, we could ask ourselves... Is this a microaggression against Jewish people? But we won't. We'll just pass on that. Um, And just say, okay, so they identify Jewish people with coins, whatever, and they decided it wasn't going to be the Ten of Cups. It it was going to be the Ten of Coins. Okay. Um, But once you look at the idea of the Ten of Coins and that these are laid out in this Sephirot form, you can then take the other coin cards and lay them out. Now, you have to understand what I'm saying. This is going to take, unless you use the mini deck, it's going to take your whole uh, bed to do, do this, or a big table, right? You're going to lay them out in the form of the sephirot. So it's like reflexive of itself. That is a the beginning of a money spell progressing, um, you know, through the numbers to get to the, the big money, the big money at the end. Um, and if you know uh, Kabbalah, you could work this out for yourself. I'm not going to give a whole layout for it, but you, you know, just think about it. And if you if you know Kabbalah, you'll go, oh my God, it would work, and it does. Um, and um, uh, Nagashiva says, yeah, the Ten of Cups is a rainbow. That's another interesting one too. Uh, cups usually stand for wishes and um, blessings, and so again, you take all of the cup cards and lay them out, and um, and you can lay them out in a rainbow, like what's called a rainbow spread of cards where you just sort of move your hand in a half circle and they would be sprayed out as a rainbow with the ten of cups at the far end of the rainbow. There's a lot of ways to work with the imagery on the cards and what they represent. Um, God help us what you would do with the ten of swords and all of the dependent cards from (laughs) that. Um, But, you know, again, you get the picture. It would be a series of uh, curses for somebody. I have one for you. It includes the Ten of Pentacles. Um, Because so many people lately, I've been doing a lot of YouTube readings, and everyone's like, well, I get this job. There are so many people asking about jobs right now. 
And there's four cards you can pull to get a job. It was first you would pull the emperor, which would signify the boss, the employer, the employer, lay it down. If you want, print out the logo of the company you're trying to get and put it, put it under the card. And then next you put the magician out. We're, we're going to storyboard here again. You put the magician out to manifest the job you want. Then the eight of pentacles, which is like a card of working, employment, um, you know, working at something. You're going to be diligent working. And then the last card would be the ten of pentacles, which is actually to success in that position and receiving, getting that job. So those four would actually signify going to the boss, making the job mm. happen, working at right. it, and then getting the job. Well, that's very cool. I love it. one of the things that's so striking is how creative this really allows you to be. The imagery, the way you can – whether you're looking at just invoking the images – whether you're laying it out as a storyboard, whether you're altering them, as Kat mentioned, uh, whether you're uh, literally manipulating the cards themselves, or you're using them as talismans, or the, I mean, the the I know it sounds cliche, but it does seem like the only restriction is your imagination. <laughs> it allows you to do so much here that that. Um, it's almost an un, untapped reservoir of magical potential. I'm back, by the way. Um, Welcome back. Yeah, and I didn't get to finish what I was saying about the about the Judophilic Golden Dawners and their use of the coins as sephirot. It also appears on the Five of Coins. Just saying, you know, if you start thinking about too deep, what were they trying to say? That's all. Um, so... Um, but you see, all of these things, I, I'm seeing right here, Papa G says, to get a job, emperor, the boss, number two, magician, number three, mm-hmm. uh, eight of pentacles, number ten of pentacles. That's very position. cool. Very nice. That's a really beautiful way of looking at it. I've also used the emperor to um, indicate anybody in your family, environment, or even uh, friends, whatever it might be, who has mobility issues because of the way he's sort of sitting in his chair. Um, just a, just one of those things um, that, you know, if I have to select a card for somebody, that might be it. And there's another one. If you're in a toxic relationship and you can't seem to get out of it or you can't find the courage to leave or whatever. Mm-hmm. The first card would be the devil card. I'm going to put these in the chat so we can see them visually. The devil card. Um, Mm -hmm. The second one would be the courage card. So you can find that inner strength. Um, The third card would be the chariot, which you eventually begin to set your own path, you know, go where you need to go. And the fourth one would be two of cups to eventually find either your soulmate or this relationship becomes what it should be. Yeah, that's I put those neat. in the chat. That's very neat. Yeah. Um, that's a, exactly, it's a path. You've made a path there. The um, There are other paths too. For instance, starting with the Two of Cups, which is well met, you know, meeting somebody. And then um, number the second card would be the Lovers, right? And um, the, the 
third card would be the sun when y'all have a baby. And the fourth card would be the ten of cups, the happy family. And I guess you could throw in some other cards if you were trying to break some people up. You throw mm-hmm. them in the center of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you could. You certainly could. You can throw a few um, wacky opponents in there, too. But I like to look at these as um, narratives. These are intended narratives for the client. And um, then you can also start thinking about, I like to work with elements that reflect the um, the suits. So coins would be, you could use stones or you could use literal coins talismans, you know, anything made of metal uh, or something of that nature. For if, if a bunch of cup cards were used, you would recommend that the client do bathing and uh, and have tea, perhaps. Um, if the card was swords, swords are air, and therefore prayer and breath, then you might recommend them some scriptural verses or a, uh, a rhymed incantation or something of that nature. And wands or torches or candles or oil lamps. And so when you do a reading, and I'm sure you, many of you have heard me do this on the air, I will say, well, look, three wand cards, you should be doing candle magic. And, but you can also do this intentionally, not in the form of sortilage divination, where the cards are cut to or shuffled or whatever and pulled, but where you decide what this is going to be for the client and you can create a... A scenario that makes use of these um, elements in terms of the type of root work to be done. Mm, again. So Papa G just said something. Say it out loud, Papa G. You got it here in your oh, yeah. in your thing. In the in the chat. Um, yeah, you could also for um, a, an employ uh, getting a job is take a photocopy. And by the way, you can go to. Wikipedia and get the original right away, which is in public domain, and print them out from there. Yes. But the original, um, the emperor card as your future employer, um, burn it and use the use the ashes. Um, put some of those ashes in your pocket during the job interview, and that way you literally have the boss in your pocket. Very nice. Mm. Uh, I, yes, I, hit send. Cool. I hit send too soon. I was going to send it after I said it. but <laughs> <laughs> well, Nobody will know unless you say that because they, they're going to read the chat separate. <laughs> they go, oh, he spoke fast. Um, yeah, another, another one that I like to work with is um, some of the cards, two of them in particular, have four corners in the card. And these are the world and the wheel of fortune. And the four animals in the four corners represent the four fixed signs of the zodiac. And those can be then identified with the planets that rule them or whatever you want to do. Mm. Those four corners, and this comes back into playing card magic. So I'm going to take a little sidestep here for a moment. In playing card magic, because playing cards are very cheap, people often used to and still do cut what are called the indices, the little numbers at the corners. Mm -hmm. They cut the indices off and use them as a little, uh, put them in a mojo bag. You don't need to put the whole card in. It's too big. And if you read the book, A Deck of Spells by Professor Charles 
Porterfield, you'll find some of these spells that involve cutting the indices off the cards. Well, in Tarot, we don't have indices like that. Side note, unless you buy the um, Pamela Coleman Smith poker deck. My God, you've got to go get the Pamela Coleman Smith poker deck, uh, which was put out by U.S. Games. But then you would have indices, but they're too expensive. You're not going to be cutting those indices off. It's not a cheap little bicycle deck. But you can, again, photocopy and cut the indices off those tarot cards, by which I mean cut out those four animals. And those are the animals of earth, air, fire, and water. And they will serve you very well as um, reminders of the kind of work you're doing. They are small and will fit into a mojo bag. And mm. uh, very fond of that. I have a really good sneaky spell with uh, the tarot deck. And I've recommended it to clients before. And it's perfect for the holiday season. If you have your family coming over for a holiday meal of some sort, uh, you always know that, that you're going to have the wacky uncle show up that's going to say something completely, absolutely insane, and it's going to cause a fight or whatnot. In order to keep the peace in the house, what you can do is print out the Ten of Cups, anoint it with house blessing oil, uh, and then tape it underneath the table that everyone is going to eat in. You can also hide it underneath a tablecloth, if you like. And what this will do is fix the table as a, as a place of peace and blessings so that everyone will come together, eat, make merry, but there will be no strife or discord. That's really nice. Nine of Cups, the wish yeah. card, it's also called. Um, the welcome table, I call it after the old... Uh, Gospel song, I'm going to sit at the welcome table. That's great. So tape it under the family's festive table. That reminds me of the, uh, the uh, uh, recently saw a video for Thanksgiving. It was, uh, you can hire the comedian Leslie Jones to come to your, come to your, sit, sit at your Thanksgiving table and shout down all the people who try to talk about politics or religion. <laughs> that's funny. That's that's great. Um, wow. Well, I I'm going to have to call this to a little quick halt because I says here we got two more minutes before our client segment, and I have to read the winners of the radio um, on the radio show, the winners of the Facebook contest for last week. So we had two winners. And the reason I thought of this is because a deck of spells is one of the things they won. Facebook Friday's winners for December 8th each one of Professor Porterfield's author special consisting of Hoodoo Bible Magic, The Sporting Life, and a deck of spells plus two decks of playing cards. And they are Vincent Siri and Tony Ann Martin Bollier. And so congratulations. If you are one of the winners, contact Lucky Mojo through our Facebook page, and you will be working with the Book A Deck of Spells shortly. <laughs> All right, here comes our music, and we get wafted away to our client land. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California and located online at luckymojo.com. 
and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at Crystal. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. Our client is Musings, calling in from uh, North Carolina, 919. Musings, are you there? Yes. Fantastic. Welcome to the show. Um, And you indicated that you've had no other readings on this situation before. Is that correct? Correct. Thank you. And she writes, the finalization of my divorce is quickly approaching. I have a court date coming up. I would like to know what the result of the court case is likely to be for me and my kids. I would also like to know what I can do to make sure I have the upper hand in this case. Turning it over to you, Ms. Kat. All right. Well, unless I'm mistaken, I'm the only one of the three of us who's gone through a divorce. Is that correct? That's correct. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to turn it it over to you two guys for the reading, and I'll give the divorce spells. (laughs) So so, Contraman, take it away for the first reading. That was that was very very well well organized. Yes, because I have not gone through a divorce, but I'm more than happy uh, to do the reading in this instance and have full confidence and trust that Ms. Cat will give you some fantastic root work advice on what to do in in this particular instance. I am going to ask just a couple quick questions, musings. Uh, first, uh, what sign of the zodiac are you? I am a Capricorn. You are a Capricorn. Uh, and what sign of the zodiac is your ex or the person you are divorcing or facing a divorce? I'm sorry, say that again? He's an Aries. He's an Aries. Okay, Aries and Capricorn here. Uh, a very interesting uh, combination and one that, that, that can make things uh, a little bit difficult. Both Aries and uh, Capricorn can be hard to work on in regards to root work. Uh, the one good news is that uh, the stubbornness of Capricorn and the the willpower of Capricorn can dominate eventually the Aries. So there can be a little bit of trickiness here in regards to the type of root work that you've done uh, or the type of root work that you'll be able to do. So there's, there may be a necessary or some type of work needed to weaken the other person before your root work is successful. So I'm just putting that out there. Miss Cat will know exactly what I'm talking about something to sort of disorient, something to, to weaken in order to ensure that the root work that you do will be successful. So I pulled a few cards here, uh, and the very first card that we have is the strength card, and that's why I recommended some type of weakening work. The strength card is a powerful woman, a woman who is taming a lion, and she's doing so with ease, without difficulty, but that taming component here is crucial. It is important to hamper the ability of this Aries individual to harm, damage, and to lash out particularly because when there's anger, when there's danger, this the Aries has a tendency to latch out, and it can cause chaos, and it can cause difficulty. So that even if you win, for example, a court case, 
the person who lashes out can still cause some level of damage. So some type of binding work, restriction work, limitation work must be the foundation of what you do. The strength card indicates that. It is also an indication that your spiritual reserves are incredibly strong. The reservoir of power that you draw from is incredibly strong. Put trust and faith in yourself. Put trust and faith in your power and know that you have the ability to overcome whatever difficulties and harm that you will face. I do also here with the with the presence of the strength card, I am getting a very strong impression of an ancestor, probably an older female that you should be working with. This might be a person who has had to deal with difficult partners and lovers in the past themselves. So if you haven't started ancestor work, definitely do so. There is an ancestor present that I'm getting a very strong feeling of. It's an older woman. It's a woman that is very eager and keen um, to protect. There's a particular strong inclination towards protecting a family, protecting of descendants, protecting of children is the impression that I'm getting from from this ancestor that is present. They're basically saying I'm here and I'm I'm willing to do work or I'm I'm here and I'm I'm eager to get involved. I'm here and I want to put my hands in this because I have the hand to tame and deal with this matter. The next card that we have here does indicate some difficulties and trouble, um, but, but it can be overcome, and that is the Four of Cups. The Four of Cups shows us an individual with arms crossed. There's three goblets before them, and a fourth is reaching out from the clouds. It actually invokes the image of the Ace of Cups here. The indication be, well, is that there will be multiple types of offers, perhaps compromises or, or, or things that will be presented, and it will be rejected. There will be three rejections, and then a fourth will be made, and even that will be met with reticence. This is important because it means that the situation is not easily amendable. It's not easily ameliorated. That any sort of offer, any sort of amelioration, any sort of mediation that is met isn't going to be met with open arms. There is an element of resistance. There's an element of rejection. And again, this goes back to the idea that you need to do something to destabilize to weaken, to soften, to ensure that they're just not able to, like, when you, when you light your candles, they don't cross their arms and go, nope, I'm just not going to do whatever it is you tell me to do. So some type of softening here. There is, a, there is a state currently of things being at an impasse, of rejecting, of not accepting the offers, of not accepting what has been presented, of not accepting the things that are before. So there is an element of an impasse, but it will be overcome. The good news is that the final card that we have here is the Empress. And the Empress is a powerful woman that is victorious, a powerful woman that has achieved everything that they have desired in life, and they're surrounded by abundance. It's a beautiful queen, a beautiful Empress, sitting upon a luxurious couch, surrounded by nature. Before them is a shield of Venus. Again, this is reinforcing this idea that the key to this will be some type of female power, some type of female ally. This is really the ability of you to tap into this ancestor that, that is willing to work with you, that will then guide you through so that you are eventually crowned the victor and the empress in this situation. So drawing upon an empress of old to allow you to become an empress in the present. The answer here is that the court case with work, with magical work, if you follow the suggestions of Ms. Cat, and you follow the idea of weakening, destabilizing, and throwing this person off balance, binding them and restricting them, and then working with this ancestor, that if you do these things, you will be victorious and achieve what you want to achieve, that you will have the court outcome that you want 
to get. So the overall message here is good, but it's one that requires work and adjusting your strategy a little bit. So the answer is a positive one, but the path forward requires some clever strategy on your part. I'm going to turn this over to Papa G, who's going to do your next reading, and then Ms. Kat will give you a rule. Thank you, Conjurman. You think I pulled um, your cards while Conjurman was talking, <clears throat> and I pulled four because the last one it wasn't complete. And you'll, uh, you'll, when I read them, you'll understand. Um, the first one was um, Seven of Cups, which is, you know, Seven of Cups can be about wishful thinking. It can be a little bit about illusion, some daydreaming. Just make sure you go into court completely prepared with whatever can be thrown your way. And, and, and very carefully monitor your expressions when those unforeseen things come up. Because uh, the, the second card is Seven of Swords, um, you know, which is about, we talked about it being a theft card before, but it's also a betrayal card. It's about deceptions and someone trying to get away with something. So um, I'm worried there may be something comes up in court that you're not prepared for, uh, that they bring up something. Um, however, so that's why I say watch your reactions. Make sure you are the, you are the model of um, decorum when, 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 if anything goes wrong and comes up, because the next one is the lover's card. Um, strange for a divorce proceeding, but... You know, the lovers also mean harmony and, like, partnership. It can be, like, you you actually reach a point where the divorce is amicable, amicable for the children. Um, you actually get along or at least pretend to get along. I don't know your situation. <laughs> but um, so that's what that one can mean. But the final one, I pulled one more because I didn't think this was too complete for you, was Nine of Pentacles. But, you know, it shows the woman in the, she has grapes behind her, she has a harvest and a, and a falcon on her arm. And, you know, this one is about the fruits of your labor. It's about being self-sufficient and financially independent. So if you're dealing with any finances, wondering how you're going to get those, it turns out in your favor. But in the end, it shows you're okay. And the two of you, your relationship in the future is okay. You know, it's not going to be too bitter. But you may have some weird things come up in court and just be ready to ready for them. Okay. Hope that makes sense. Wow. All righty. So I'm, I laid these cards out as they were being told. And they tell the two readings kind of tell a story and kind of go together. Um, so what I see here is um, that you do, the cups are the problem cards. The lady cards, the strength and the empress are very strong, have yellow backs behind them. Um, and so be cautious with your emotions is how I would interpret this because cups do tend to be emotions and they're they're not that good in this particular thing, but you do end up with um, the money, which is what you need. So I'm going to um, go back to what started this um, cycle of reading. 
The card of strength and the empress, if you were to take those two cards, and uh, I don't know if you have a tarot deck, go online and just take the strength and the empress, and you can see immediately how similar these two are, and it's as if the same woman had posed for both of them, and um, she's wearing the same clothing, essentially, but it's been made into a patterned dress in the Empress. It has rosebuds on it. In the Strength card, she has a wreath of roses in her hair, and she has roses as a leash around the lion. So when you look at the two cards, you can see that it's the same actress, almost, uh, in two different roles in two movies. And I want you to use those cards as, um, as a kind of a rallying point. The last card, which was the Nine of Pentacles, which was pulled by Papa G, which shows the woman turning away from the pile of six coins with the snail and turning toward the hawk in the future, which has three coins. I'd like you to put that card between those two. Okay, so you can kind of now you've created a story um, about this. And I'm going to make you add one more card because I kind of like to add a bit of my idea of what magic we want. And since we had the card of the uh, Nine of Pentacles, we're going to add the Ace of Pentacles. And that's going to go above them. Or you could put it in like, uh, well, the way I've laid it out is like it's above and the Nine of Pentacles is below at the center. So they're kind of one and then two and then one. So now we have a little story here about um, what's going to happen, how how things are going to go. Ultimately, I, I picked the Ace of Pentacles because it has roses in it as well. And so roses stand for love. And we start with this woman with strength. We end up with money and um and and love and um so we just want to make sure that you have money and love when this is done i'd like you to get a candle for each of these cards now you can take these um cards and make blown up copies and put them on a, a clear white uh, vigil light or you can use a small um votive candle holder and use the very, make a small picture of it, but I like the bigger ones. Or you can just use each card and just sort of put it with a with a candle next to it or on it or however you want to arrange them. You can stand the cards up on little easels in front of the candles. How you lay out the work is all of your own doing. Card number one, strength. Call up um, your female ancestral lines. Call up them for help. Um, She tames this lion. She also has a um, volcano behind her, which stands for uh, keeping her temper. She doesn't explode. So pray that you also will have the strength to keep your anger under control, but that ultimately this lion with its tail between its legs represents somebody who is going to um, bend to your will, and that's what's important here. And the Empress, the outcome card with Venus shows that there's still a lot of love for you to have and you will have love. The Nine of um, Pentacles also shows you turning to a new 
love. And the Ace of Pentacles I picked because it shows a garden with a path through it, with a clear open road, with no gate. And you can walk out of the marriage with your money in hand. And uh, so those are your prayers that you would make. With each candle, you're going to make your prayer. Right? Light them all at once. If you want to um, put something with each um, card to represent what it is you want, a rosebud for love, a coin for money, whatever it is, a symbol of Venus, however it is you want to work, you can put those into a mojo. But I don't think a mojo is necessary. I think this is really a candle spell that you would want to do. And the big problems that we had with the denial of the negotiations, the you know, those difficult cards, the lies and all, I'm just going to put those cards aside. If you want to, make copies of those negative cards and burn them and throw the ashes out. They're gone. They're not going to be with you anymore. They were part of the reading that we don't wish to have come true. So that is my idea of a spell. Does anyone have anything to add? I think one thing uh, when you were talking um, that you can do is get a photocopy of the justice card and, you know, write your petition on it, what you're exactly wanting to happen in court and the way you want to win and what happens. Um, Put some dill seeds inside it and then fold it towards you um, and then turn it and fold it again. And on the day of the court, um, open it up. Of course, pray over it. Open it up and take a few of the dill seeds out and put them in your shoes. Dill seeds are to help you win in the court. Mm-hmm. Very nice. That's a wonderful. Um, and adding the justice card is, of course, very good. And I also, in looking for divisions, um, especially as a counteractant to the four of cups, which is so unfair, the justice card is really a great substitute for that. So we're going to change that to this. Um, uh, and the dill seed, of course, is good. Um, there's also uh, other, you know, like court case, um, root is a good one. And you can go to luckymojo.com forward slash uh, court case dot html, and you'll find some uh, court case uh spells there for free and that would be of course very helpful to you so i see that, that this can be a a gooder a good a gooder a better outcome can happen one other thing i wanted to say about the card with the uh, the too many possibilities card the daydreaming card with the cups um one thing about that is focus on what you really want in that card the Seven of Cups, there are so many possibilities, a, a castle, the home, money, uh, fear, gossip, you name it, getting drunk or drugged, um, winning some sort of an award. And then there's this other person. And I would say that you would want to focus on a person who will be of help to you and let the other stuff kind of go. Focus on exactly what you want because it the seven of cups means that you you don't want to go in there unprepared and not focused on what you want. All right. Well, I wish you all the best and good luck to you. 
comes our network ID. LMC. You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootbook Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places with Reverend Art and Reverend James, Mondays, 4 to 5.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, in syndication, Tuesdays. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Deborah Voigt, Tuesdays, 4 to 5. The Now You Know Show with Professor Porterfield, in syndication, Wednesdays. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Miss Phoenix LaFay, in syndication, Thursdays. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Papa G of FolkMagicStudio.com in Nashville, Tennessee. Take it away, Papa G. Thank you, Reverend Jane. This is a spell I came up with. I call it Dreaming with the Tarot. And it's so you can find a specific problem in, in, through your through dream work. Let's say you're trying to, I don't know, you're writing a book, and you're trying to fiction, you're trying to come up with the end of it or something. Or um, there's just some problem that eludes you. You don't have the answer. So the things you're going to need, you'll need either a pad, a paper, or a journal, a pencil or pen. Um, You'll need two white chime candles, an orange chime candle. Those are the little four-inch spell candles. And one yellow one. And, of course, you'll need a tarot deck. So um, this... Remember when you when you want to do dream work, you need to state that you will remember your dreams when you wake up. So that's where you're going to keep the pad and pencil beside your bed because you're going to write down these dreams immediately upon waking. So you're going to take the two white candles and anoint them with clarity oil. The one orange candle you're going to anoint with road open oil. And the yellow one with van van. These are things to give you to give you clarity to open up, open things up to make it where you receive your answers. So you're going to place these four candles in candle holders, or um, if you do it deep enough, in a bowl of salt, which is for cleansing and clear-minded thinking. At the four corners of the bowl, place these four tarot cards. Of course, a bowl doesn't have corners, but the tarot cards are going to be your corners. Um, first, you'll put the star card. This is for, like, insight and revelations. Next is the moon. Um, to reveal answers that are being hidden from you. The moon card is about things you just don't know. Next is the magician. And this is to spark ideas, bring you inspiration, make you come up with the answer. And then the last card is the high priestess. This allows your intuition to open up and receive answers and listen to your your instincts. Uh, while you're burning the candles, 
you will set the journaling pad and pencil on the same surface, so let it absorb that energy. Light the candles, let it burn all the way down. And when they finished, you state those intentions again, that you're going to remember your dreams, you're going to um, know them when you wake up. Put the four tarot cards inside the journal or the pad towards the back so you can keep that beside your bed, keep the energy going. Every morning, write down exactly what you dreamed for seven days. And on the eighth day, after you journal these dreams, you begin to study what you've written. And your answer should be revealed in there somewhere. It should be some sort of, maybe even a complete storyline. You may have a storyboard of answers. But somewhere within there will be the answer to the answer you seek. Wow. That is really interesting to me. Um, uh, Your choice of the four cards is fascinating to me. Um, The high priestess is the card I've always associated with tarot card readers. Uh, The magician, obviously the working of magic. Um, The star is a, a very often undervalued and misunderstood card, so I give you points for putting that one in, because it really is about inspiration. It's also about compassion and kindness. You know, that lady doesn't need to water those little wildflowers, but she just does it because she wants to be of help. And the moon, which many people see as a card of difficulty because it can indicate all kinds of mental stress, uh, is is very nice way of putting it. The answers that are being hidden from you, and that I like. I like that. That's very. We want to kind of crack the code of the moon. I like. I like those four cards. Very also, interesting. the star. I, I consider a lot of the stars also to be many options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the star also with her seven stars and her um, one big star uh, would indicate the seven. Pleiades, the seven sisters, seven helpers. It's a community kind of card as well. Um, but I love the idea of the moon being the answers that are hidden from you because so many people look at the moon and they go, what the heck is going on here? Dogs and wolves and watchtowers. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I would say the dog is barking at something out in the dark that you can't see. That's right. That's right. That's, I like that. Yeah, the it's a it's a very... It's a very fraught card. So, But, you know, we can't say that everyone's going to have, for every dream, is going to be perfect, fun, wish-fulfillment dream. And so the moon kind of covers mm-hmm. some of those oddly other dreams. And I, I agree also with you, Papaji, that writing down your dreams for a set number of days is um, a very good exercise. Um I think any of us. And you may have to then dive into dream interpretation after that. Yes, yes. Or um, teach it to yourself what your dream meanings are. Um, If you write them down and then write them in the margin what they make you think of or, you know, whatever they may be. I find that there are dream landscapes that we have. And I'm going to ask a question of you, 
Prabhuji, because uh, I know that someone's going to tell me this when they read this. What if I don't have a dream one day? Should I go on another day with the spell until I have the requisite number of dreams? I have the perfect answer, because right as we were getting ready to go on the show, I thought, oh, here's another way to use this. You mm-hmm. don't have to sleep. You can do it through journeying. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. That's it. Going through journey was how I used to always come up with like parts of books that I couldn't think of. I would go through a shamanic journey, go to a little cabin where there was a desk and type out the answer and then come out of it and I'd have it. (laughs) Good. That's a wonderful, wonderful solution. All right. Well, there is our music. So I'm just going to turn this over to Reverend James. He's going to read our closing announcements and then we'll all come back and have a few words and take it from there. So take it away, Reverend James. Thank you, Miss Cat and Conjureman, and thank you, Papa G of FolkMagicStudio.com in Nashville, Tennessee, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when we will have Papa Newt of PapaNewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska, bringing us the topic of safe travel. Once again, we come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjureman at conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Reverend James, joining you from PaulConjure.com in North Carolina. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archives via luckymojo.com forward slash radio show.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at this same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, Reverend James, and thank you, for, uh, Papa G, for being our guest. Um, this was a great topic. We had a lot it was of a really cool topic. Yeah. Um, I just want to say that for all of you who are fans of Papa G, you should go on to hootoworkshops.com, um, and you'll find some Papa G workshops. And um, there's other ones by Conjureman and even some by me. Give it a try. We uh, sell the workshops for $25 each. You get a PDF with a couple of pages of instructions and text that you can keep. And um, we're going to be adding more workshops, 10 more workshops, uh, starting it uh, very soon. So just think about it. If you are interested in learning hoodoo from the best, Papaji, Conjurman, Reverend James, Reverend Art, Yours truly, and Doc Murphy, and all the other people there. Heidi, Heidi Holton is also in the chat. Uh, we've done workshops, and you can buy them. All righty. Nighty night, all. Night, all.